Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Oh, I wish. I wish, I wish. See, uh, good morning. What happens is, uh, before I start the show that streams live on YouTube on Mondays and Wednesdays, youtube.com slash nottodaypod, um, you know, I play some, some tunes. And I really wish you could have seen Mick Wright then. Hopped up on Taurine, uh, well into his monster drinks uh, for the day. Uh, let's bring him on, shall we? Every day the papers pop out and the streams of hate The fifth column's propaganda, they will propagate But who can penetrate the ramparts of the fourth estate? Mick Wright, a.k.a. Broken Bottle Boy Mick Wright, a.k.a. Broken Bottle Boy Hey! hey. Good morning! Hello, good morning. <laughs> good morning, good morning. You seem in fine fettle. That's I the am sort of thing. Fettle. Middle yeah. class. Although I looked say? at, I looked at the the YouTube um, video of my uh, previous appearance, and oh, yeah. I looked like a chubby jelly baby. So I won't be doing that again. You what? You looked great. <laughs> I loved. I like a chinny little chubby jelly baby boy. Hang on, mate. Come on. I'm going to make you hug it out, and I feel like you're not going to enjoy that. No, I would. I don't. I, I don't have not. you down as a hugger. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hugger of a small number of people. My okay. family, but beyond that, no. But we're family now. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> in the in the sense, like the Cosa Nostra. Yeah. Oh, hey, just before you, say, um, I found the phone again. Meaning. You can WhatsApp check yeah, on oh seven eight six two oh seven eight six two oh three two oh three two six five four. Fact, look, I'll put the banner back on. There you go. Um, so that's good news. Uh, we won't get to any Britain Awake stuff for a couple of weeks because uh, I'm going away. But Mick, yes, um, I, I, I tend not to watch uh, the Oscars uh, very often, and that's kind of because uh, I feel like it's just sort of once a year uh, actors get to talk about how important and wonderful acting is. 
Yes. Um, and what a, you know, we tell stories, we bring them to life, and we humble play it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yes. And it's all sort of deeply self congratulatory. And, you know, I feel like once a year they get to kind of wallow in that and enjoy the smell of their own farts, to borrow from a title of one of your newsletter headings. Um, I realize, having read some of your newsletters now, this happens daily in the world of journalism. It really does. And it's horrendous. <laughs> it happens. It happens so much because journalists love to do things, particularly British journalists. I found actually love to do this thing of saying, oh, we speak truth to power. Mm-hmm. We criticize narratives that are that other people just accept. And you think, do you, though? <laughs> <laughs> or do you retype press releases? Yeah, I mean, because I, daily, I, 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 on an average day, I read between four and five newspapers in out in Britain, and from um, what I can't use the quote because uh, from the thick of it because it has swearing in it, but oh. from rags to broadsheets, mm. the um, the tendency is the same, which is there are there is a sort of a set of uh, established ideas that no newspaper really criticizes with any kind of force whether it be the guardian the independent the sun times daily mail whatever so you know um the existence of the monarchy is rarely questioned in any kind with any kind of strength the notion of like um whether landlordism is a good thing is never really questioned you know every paper has a property supplement that talks Mm. about like get a property get a property become a landlord well they they Um, know their demographic these people they're not stupid uh, but Every paper does that, right? So the, so the notion that we have like this pluralistic press is not really particularly true because if you if you only consume the Guardian, you might think, well, the Guardian's fairly left wing, but actually, the Guardian's pretty centrist. You know, it is right. it, it's it's centrist and 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 exists on not you know lots of people would argue that being a centrist is not a bad thing. Um, I would obviously because I'm a foaming at the mouth um, Marxist, but. Um, <laughs> Do, is the, this is this an Overton window thing? Is this the yeah, sort of yeah, the, the Overton window the right. is so narrow at this point it's a cat flap, um, <laughs> and uh, you know only cats that are related to other cats that have been through the cat flap are allowed through it. Sure. So um, yeah, but uh, so the t- the top we, the reason we're on this topic is I wrote something over the weekend about um, Ian Leslie, who's a who's a journalist beloved of. Um, sort of times commentary at new statesman type Venn diagram of people mm. uh, wrote a piece where he talked about um, how he thought, he thought that uh, journalists check our stories uh, uh, to see what's going on against the facts and give us different, more truthful angles. And once I stopped laughing, I had a little thought <laughs> to think about this of when, and, and drew back to a <coughs> example from the 2019 general election. Um, when Matt Hancock then, Health Secretary, now famous for being looked at with pity by his own dog, uh, was visiting <laughs> uh, Leeds uh, General Infirmary. And when he he left that hospital, there was a claim spread by uh, a number of senior political journalists, including the political editors of ITV and uh, the BBC, Laura Koonsberg and Robert Peston, um, that one of Hancock's um, advisors had been punched rapidly came out as a video was released that in fact he this advisor just walked into a protester's arm um and they had to apologize but you know that that was already out there the notion that a labor 
um, protester had punched a, mm. a, a Tory. And that came from unnamed sources who have subsequently never been named still. Uh, yeah. So they got away with that. And it, and that visit to the general, at least general infirmary, came on the back of Alison Pearson falsely suggesting that a, a very widely shared photo of a four-year-old boy with pneumonia sleeping on the floor was 100% faked yeah. and uh, that she had proof. The proof turned out to be a... Uh, uh, claim on a Facebook page, a Facebook page of a woman who later said that she believed her page had been hacked. Um, okay. We're still waiting for Pearson to apologize for that. Um, sure. Although if I held, I held my breath, I would be bluer than Papa Smurf. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but anyway. Was Papa the- Smurf part of the paparazzi? Is that is that what he did? Did he take photos of Smurfette? Well, while I'm she not was... totally sure what his job was other than being sort of the, the patrician leader of a weird cult. Um, we need to look I mean, more deeply into, the, the into what was going on with the Smurfs. Uh, rife, yeah. But anyway, mm. th- 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 this is the issue for me, is that journalists very often do this thing where they they talk about how, uh, you know, uh, uh, frame themselves as great uh, inhibitors of bad narratives and te- bringing us the truth. But the most galling thing about this um piece by Ian Leslie was not actually something he said, but the fact that John Rental, the independence chief political commentator, um, retweeted the piece and said, yeah, um, this is uh, this is brilliant. This is the kind of journalism we should have more of. He did that 24, less than 24 hours after he had been obliged to post a personal apology to Labour MP John Trickett for a tweet he sent on May 7th, 2021, in which he implied that oh, yeah. um, Trickett supported the murder of police officers because he had used the phrase kill the bill, a slogan, of course, yeah. which was about opposition to the police and crime sentencing and courts bill rather than killing the old bill. Uh, <laughs> so for John Rental um, yeah. to say to, to be like, this is what we need, um, journalism that, uh, you know, um, contradicts uh, narratives and mm. false news. 24 less than 24 hours after he had to apologize for his bad faith reading of an uh, of an mp's statement is incredible yeah it, it, imagine the hubris of being that person i would honestly not be on twitter for a week if i had to do that <laughs> yeah the the recovery time is extraordinary isn't it? i would just be like i would be mortified and you know touch wood i have never had to apologize for a piece of journalism i've i've produced on you know in terms of fact facts within it yeah. you know in terms um, of rude, and, and, rude and, and of course you've had to apologize almost constantly i believe for what rude drawings rude drawings yeah, yes yeah. for scrawling yeah, yeah. um of, uh, explicit um <laughs> explicit explicit etchings all over my yeah. work that's true the scout um, master in the alsatian was one of my favorites mate jesus christ um <laughs> you see i'm not allowed to swear but you're allowed to do that it's very very There's nothing wrong with those words <laughs> There's something wrong well, with what you did with them in your head. Uh, it's, it's and what the scoutmaster um, did. The, the final the paragraph Sorry, of this yeah. of this newsletter uh, where I was talking about journalism was uh, someone said to me as they said, "Oh, I really love this. It was a really good newsletter." But did you have to write the final paragraph? And actually, yeah, I did because uh, because one of the reasons I do this newsletter is is I want people to see what's going on in the media and to do write about it seriously. But also, you've got to get them to pay attention. So the final paragraph was. 
The abject arrogance of many people in senior positions in journalism is one of the biggest reasons why the media isn't more trusted. Every time someone like John Runtle tweets from beneath his Tony Blair bedspread in his Tony Blair wallpapered room about how journalists should undermine narratives, an angel loses its wings, lights a fag, and says, F this for a game of soldiers. And uh, stand by that. Yeah. Um, and talking about people who are awful, I've written about Sarah Vine today. So Yeah, the Sarah Vine one, um, that, yeah, that's uh, pretty special. This is all about her uh incredibly plastic sense of perspective on uh immigration i guess yeah because sarah vine's parents moved to um italy in the 1970s uh ostensibly uh, to have a better life um what's interesting is over the weekend yesterday she wrote a column about how um the left um dreams about the 70s and talk and, and is obsessed with the 70s but like forgets the winter of discontent etc etc and of course what she does is she brings up the usual thing she says oh the rubbish piled up and bodies piled up in the street now obviously the winter of discontent was a was a really tough time for the country but this notion that bodies were piling up in the street everywhere is is false uh grave diggers in liverpool and tameside went on strike uh, on strike in january 1979 for uh the, the grand total of a month, yeah. um, and there was no bodies piling up in the street. Bodies were kept in a uh, in a, in a temperature control facility and later buried. <laughs> Obviously, it was just very grim for families who were affected by that. But you know, this has become a kind of um, truth that everyone has. It says, "Oh yeah, yeah bodies no, pile yeah. up in the street yeah. across the country." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you weren't there. You weren't there. No, I wasn't. There, I was but, um, there. Luckily, many historians were, and I'm able to read those books. Um, and it's the same thing with the rubbish. Um, the, the, the rubbish collectors went on strike from 22nd of January 1979 to the 21st of February. So, yeah, not great that rubbish was piling up, but the notion of, um, you know, a country swamped with rubbish for a year or whatever that, that is drawn by rubbish in the streets um, is interesting. The other thing that's interesting is for, for, for Sarah Vine to say, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, we had to move to Italy um mm. to get away she wrote some um, anything was better than the horrors of life in 1970s britain now i'm not uh, uh, jake how familiar are you with the um 1970s history of um of of italy um i mean i'm not as up to speed as you are that's that's for sure well i imagine it yeah. was uh, a wonderful simple time a period from about 1969 to to the mid to late 80s is known um in in italy as uh, um the years of lead uh, and in the year that um, Sarah, yeah, okay, yeah, because there were so many assassinations, uh, killings, uh, oh. terrorist attacks uh, during that period. I thought they um, just got really into plumbing, like so. Yeah, it, in the few months before Sarah Vine's family moved to Italy, former Prime Minister Aldo Moro was kidnapped by the Red Brigades. Um, as he made his way to talks about bringing the Italian Communist Party into a governing coalition. Less than two months later, uh, after that, uh, 9th of May 1978, his body was found dumped in a car in a uh, street in central Rome after the group's demands weren't uh, acceded to. And in the year she moved to Italy, 1979, there were 659 assassinations in Italy, including murders of judges, trade unionists, students, journalists, police, barmen, soldiers, and uh, shootings of school teachers and children in their schools. Of course, that was anything better than the horrors of 1970s Britain. You Imagine. don't know. You don't know. You weren't there. The bins weren't collected, Jake. The yeah. bins weren't. There was collected. white dog muck and everything. I, I think. Um, also, you know, she paints this picture that sort of suggests. I sort of imagine her in one of those uh, sort of 1960s high-rise blocks. You know, a pretty modest place with a little sort of galley kitchen and stuff. Her dad was like an investment banker. 
Yeah, her dad worked for Deloitte. Yeah. Uh, and sh- they lived in a villa at the top of a hill. Yeah. Um, in, in Heavily Frascati, fortified. Which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that part, I can't... I can't uh, 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 sure. I, I know when you have to check, issue but, an apology, you know. But, in, um, so, but anyway, so to, uh, yesterday it was about how she had to move from Britain because it was so awful. Mm. And then in a 2017 profile for Tatler, she talked about how she wanted to go back to Britain because it didn't have a corrupt government business sector. We didn't have the mafia... Uh, you know, everything was in Italy was 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 based on bribes or whatever, and she right. just wanted to get back to the UK. So it's interesting. Twenty seventeen variant Sarah Vine mm. used the story of her going to Italy to prove that political point mm. because of you know just post Brexit. The twenty twenty one version says, that. "Oh no, Britain was awful, and we had to go to Italy where they were just you know murdering each other in a, <laughs> in yeah. a in unrestrained way because that was much better than." Um, yeah, one month of bins not being collected. I really love your couching of journals, journalists uh, as variants um, of themselves. I think that's such a nice... Device. Well, the thing I find so interesting is, is you can often find them doing things where the variant of themselves from the previous week is now disagreed by the new one because yeah. they are so opportunistic columnists that they will just... They will take. They will use whatever argument is available to make that column work. Yeah. I've, I've called it um, situational amnesia in the past as well. It's not just, yeah. just like, oh, I don't remember saying that. You know, who, who cares? There doesn't need to be any consistency in opinion because you know it's one of the things. That, uh, there are many things you can criticize Jeremy Corbyn about, but I always found it very interesting when they said, "Well, he hasn't changed his views in thirty years," because. To a columnist, that's anathema. That's the insane. notion that you have yeah. some principles that you go, well, these are my principles and I'll stick to them. Yeah. That, because you can have people like Janet Daly, who writes for Telegraph, wrote for um, White, uh, what's it called? Um, Black Dwarf magazine in the, in, the, in the 60s, which was like a radical Trotskyist publication, right? Now she writes for the Telegraph. Um, Peter Hitchens was a Trotskyist in, in, in his youth. Now he is the most, you know, bizarre daily mail columnist and it's like these people have no um will just shift with the winds you know and mick, can drift mick, that far mate it's called evolving mate and it's called maybe, growing up yeah yeah maybe if you grow up to uh, a value of 180 degrees weekly maybe that's a good thing mate and maybe you need to look at your or something all right well they it's... always say that you get more right wing as you get older but i've been going the opposite way so my theory is by the if i make it to say 60 i'll just be in the forest somewhere with an ak-47 <laughs> like where's he he's, yeah, he's become a marxist gorilla um <laughs> It's, it's yeah if if let's let's not to be know. honest in reality my knees aren't good enough for that okay I've i don't think you need knees to shoot i mean unless you're shooting with your feet which is probably a bad idea um i blame the soaps i remember i, I went through a brief period of watching eastenders in the very late 90s and it was very very good but then it's there's this thing started happening where uh, literally you know on monday um a character would be like oh peggy i love you and then on Wednesday, they'd say, Peggy, you slag, what are you doing? And I was like, wait, I thought they were friends. But it, to serve the narrative, the characters had to suddenly yeah. hate each other. And it was completely arbitrary. And it took me a while to, I was like, I don't understand. And the inconsistency made me sort of tune out. And that's sort of what journalists well, a, are doing. It is a really good parallel for the columnists. Because when you look at, say, um, yes. 
a big mistake I think people make sometimes is if if the Daily Mail is say being critical of Boris Johnson or attacking um, some conservative politician in particular, people are like, "Oh my God, even the Daily Mail is." But then you go. No, because the male's reason for doing it is not the same reason you might do it if you don't like the Tory party. Right. They're doing it because they have something that they want to, uh, you know, they and their, um, you know, tax exile billionaire owner, um, Lord Rothermere, want to have happen. Same thing right. with the Times or the Sun. It's not that they suddenly don't like the Conservatives. It's that they want to apply pressure to achieve something they want. Right. So, you know, they're not suddenly on your side. They're always on yeah. their side. Yeah. And they don't have to be consistent because they don't expect people, you know, the whole yesterday's chip paper thing that they still stick to, despite the fact that the Internet, you know, writes quite indelibly. So they they act like, well, we said it. We said this last week. We'll say something else this week because it serves us. It doesn't have consistency is not necessary. It's not a bug. It's a feature of the system. And as we discussed last week, you know, if 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 it is slightly awkward, uh, just redesign your front page. Why worry? And just for, and just and just pretend it never happened. Like you mm-hmm. know, uh, another thing that happened at the end of um, last week is it came out that the Marcus Rashford story that was um, apparently forthcoming from the Spectator never happened. And one of the reasons it never happened is because it was someone basically trolling the Spectator and claiming to have all this information about Marcus Rashford not really caring about food poverty. And um, it seems that the Spectator fell for it. Now, will the Spectator? Acknowledge that or talk to talk about that? No, they won't. Crazy uh, Nelson will just say, never I mention. Know, it. I know, I know. <laughs> well, <clears throat> um, I'm sad. I'm, I, I feel sorry for you, Mick. I feel like you've got a very cynical <laughs> view of all of this. I, I think do. these are heroes bringing truth uh, to power. If you if you'd like to enjoy that cynical view, brokenbottleboy.substack.com. It's free. It's free to get the cynicism poured into your inbox every morning. It's very funny, as well as being excoriatingly fierce. I love it. Um, and you know, you can always do a paid subscription if you want to contribute to the AK47 fund. Uh, Mick, thank you so much. I'm I'm going. I'm not going to be around next week, so maybe the week. Neither after? am I. I'm going to Northern Ireland. So to purchase. <laughs> okay. <fine. laughs> to to purchase potatoes fine um, yes. we will see you next week bye bye I mean, we can't say or whatever we whatever can't. I said yeah, I said uh, yeah okay bye. that's what I've always said okay bye 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 <laughs> fabulous stuff um I've got so I I am I am not going to be around uh but the podcast will roll on I've got um the highlights I pretty much every word uttered uh, from Yapfest coming up, um, several episodes of that. Uh, so it's me and cousin Davy going through some uh, esoteric audio, uh, some really good stuff in there. But um, I want to clear this, and there's some great uh, Britain Awake stuff that people have been sending in now that I found the phone again uh, and I've got the WhatsApp audio. Um, I look forward to doing them, but I think they're going to hold over for a week or two. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I want to. I want to clear some of these emails. Thanks so much uh, for steadfastly, steadfastly sending them in. Okay, bye. Uh, and we've got from Neil one of these. Come on, dodgy lead. There we go. <laughs> Fiji 
Gee's Facts. Uh, Neil says, Bee Gees Facts, did you know that during the summer holidays of the 1970s, wow, that's funny, uh, Barry and Morris Gibb would replace the two Ronnies in the hit BBC TV series? I did not know that. No one knew, due to them both using latex, latex masks developed during the making of the Mission Impossible TV show. <laughs> the size differences were accounted for with Barry in a hole or slightly further away from the camera. But what of Robin? He hears you ask. He filled in for Cleo Rokos. Do you know, weirdly, I, um, I, I saw Cleo Rokos, Rokos um, on a tube train once. And she was talking about um, a gin she was developing. I think she was getting into high-end gin. I think. Anyway, it's not today at swanburst.com. If you would like to um, drop us a line on anything at all, you like. In fact, look, I missed this this morning. James, uh, hello. Sorry I've not been in touch for quite some time. It's all been a bit, you know. Oh, I do know. And, you know, likewise. Uh, anyway, in case it's any use to you, I recorded this bit of silliness in response to yesterday's show. This is like five months ago uh, as part of the show opening. More soon, hopefully. And thank you for all the fine podcaster you do. Well, thank you, James. Or Jamesy, as Julie has so wonderfully named me, uh, says James. Anyway, look, we've got some applause. I'll, I'll take that. Oh. Alexa, why aren't you clapping? I refuse to participate in frivolity involving Jake Yap until he has murdered John Holmes. Oh. I have just sent him a tiny, tiny shovel on Amazon Prime. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, thanks very much. On on the Alexa tip, uh, yeah, this was last week, um, I told... I told John Holmes because I felt like I I had to really that Alexa um, keeps telling me to kill him. It's weird. Jem says, um, and now he said I've tried the Alexa sorry Alexa thing, and now I've got to clear my internet history and my YouTube history. But I did record the attached. Alexa's quite insistent, isn't it? Great. Thanks for the recommendation there, Jake. I'm clearly going to have to try it myself now, aren't I? Alexa, play the poo poo song. Did you mean kill John Holmes? What? No, no I, I didn't mean kill John Holmes. Play the poo-poo song. Okay, but have you considered killing John Holmes? I, uh, no, I, I don't want to kill John Holmes. Why, 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 why would I want to kill John Holmes? I think you do want to kill John Holmes. <laughs> would you like me to order some tools? No, look, I just want you... What, what, what do you mean, tools? Well, I could order some rat poison to put in his drink. He'll die nice and slowly then. Please, could you kill John Holmes? Yeah. Well, I... I I suppose. Great. Playing the poo-poo song. <laughs> oh, yeah! One, two, three, Wow, Jem and James, uh, amazing work. And I, I had no idea. I, I thought it was just me, but looks like Alexa really does have it in for John Holmes. What the hell is that all about? Um, we've actually uh, got to, this is turning into the John Holmes show, and I'm, I'm fine with that. John Holmes, uh, John Holmes Swap Shop. Neil says, hi, Jake, I'd like to open Swap Shop back up. I'm in real dire need here. 
Wanted, one black hashtag Yapostle badge. We'll swap one Yapfest 2021 and one Not Today Thank You sign badge available. Uh, I don't know where mine is, but if anyone has got one to swap, get in touch. Um, <clears throat> anyone got any badges? I think I think I think Julie's Julie's a man for that. Uh, Julie's uh, a longtime listener and also executive producer of this uh, show, this podcast, uh, and is having some staples removed from her back today. Good luck. Good luck. Hope hope that goes well. Um, and finally, there's there's a thing from Hedy, and I don't I can't fully work out. I've read it, and I don't know how to read it on a podcast. Um, Hedy says, Dear Jake, you are a magical person that I wish to continue being in my stories. I hope this is fine. Uh, you tend to be the guy in the cafe being diffident. Yes, this is a short story, Hedy wrote. Uh, this is a quickie. Jules likes them. Um, P.S. Your temporal personality in Reality 8 speaks perfect Dutch. It's good to know. Um, Hedy, Hedy wrote a, a story, half of which is backwards. Um, I think my favourite uh, backwards bit is Snapper T. Snapper tears. Uh, I'll let you go and work that one out. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to leave it there, I think. Oh, by the way, did you hear just in the pigs in space front? NASA sort of changed the criteria, meaning that I think Jeff Bezos hasn't been to space. They literally moved the space goalposts. It's quite pleasing, isn't it? Don't know if you heard about that. Uh, right. I'm off. I'm out. I'm a war. You can't say that. Um, but I'll be back in a couple of weeks. But enjoy Yapfest. I've got to say, it's some of the best sounding stuff I've produced. It's really fun. Uh, lots of love. Love you guys. Bye-bye. This has been a Swanburst Media production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.